uh, tomorrow I'm going to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh shit! So, nice. It came out yeah. already. Yeah, it came out last week. Oh, lame. Last oh, weekend. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. That. Yep. So me and a buddy are gonna go see that. Um, and that's why I was like, man, well, if we don't, if I can't do it tomorrow, and if we don't do it tonight, then it's like that's it. I don't know when we're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but you know. I know you're busy as well, but you had a uh, you had work today, right? Yeah, I had work. This week's gonna be crazy. Interview on Wednesday, and I should get my results for the bar sometime this week, hopefully. Ooh, okay, okay. So it's either gonna be a good week or a bad week. We'll see. Right? And no, then... we're either gonna have a celebration pod or a pity pod. Um, it's kind of funny. Gonna... My birthday's on Sunday, so I'm doing stuff Friday and Saturday. I was like. All right, if I pass, I am drinking to celebrate. If I don't, then I'm drinking to get over it and start again on Monday. <laughs> Either way, I'm drinking. <laughs> That's dope, bro. Same thing here. My birthday's on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I have a full week pretty much too, so that's why it's like, damn, like I gotta get this pot in today because yeah. I have the um. And I didn't realize how busy I was until I was talking to my dad about it this week. But like today, I I just got back you know, watching the Heat game. Heat and five, by the way. Heat and five. Hell yeah. Try to tell them. Yeah. We're going to the finals. And I got some <laughs> things to say about that. Uh, but also, tomorrow, or yeah, tomorrow, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like I said. Wednesday is my birthday, so I'm going out for that. Hell yeah. Thursday, I'm going to a concert. Bryson Tiller. Can't wait. Um, and then that's it. But that's it. I have nothing planned for the weekend. I don't have it. I don't really want any plans for the weekend. All I want is some wine on my couch. So, want yeah. some basketball and you're good. Literally, literally. But what do you got planned for your birthday? I'm going to Hoboken on Friday. So one of my friends lives there. And then on Saturday, I'm going down the shore. So it's like an hour from my house. So it's not too bad. Like Jersey Shore? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's always fun down there. That's awesome, dude. It's like they're like probably like the first week it's open, kind of. So should be a good time. That's great. That's good stuff, dude. Well, um, happy uh early birthday to the both of us. Yeah, this is our dude. birthday. This is our birthday pod. Bir- so birthday week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey y'all. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. This is episode ten. We're back in the double digits. And this is season two, episode 10, man. Love it. Happy to be here. Um, oh, yeah. We're, you know, like we said earlier, this was kind of a, a rushed pod, but um, we have some hard-hitting topics for y'all. So we're going to get right into it. Um, let's see here. Just looking at the list that we got. Um, let's just start with Coach Bud getting fired. Um, we, you know, we you, you, you did a great job, posted a, a clip of us kind of predicting this uh last time um and you know I, again i i knew this would be a tough decision you know obviously he had a death in the family his brother passed away during the series that would hurt any that would first off that just hurts anybody but then mentally how can you be checked in to a to a basketball game you know yeah. when something like that happens so Completely understandable why, you know, he underperformed. But at the same time, 
if the Bucks didn't get rid of him now, they were never gonna get rid of him. Um, I should have waited at least at least a couple more weeks. Like, who knows if his brother's even buried yet, and they fired him. I don't know. That's pretty bad timing. Fair, but I I, I agree. Like you said, you had to do it. Well, it's just bad timing. It was like a lose lose situation. Because they kind of want to have a new coach probably before the draft anyway. So it was a lose-lose. Like, it just had to tear the Band-Aid off at that point. Yeah, and I'm not sure why that even matters, why they would want to do that before the draft. But, um, you know, I get why I get why they fired him. Let me say that. Yeah, I, I was the one that was saying, like, they need to they, – they should fire him now. Um, and, again – that was all basketball related. You know, obviously it was just, you know, he wasn't making the right adjustments. Everyone could see that. Um, he was also just, honestly, you know, again, like we understand he had a death in the family, but it just didn't seem like he was willing to make those adjustments, not only just this year, but then years prior. Like, you yeah. know, so it's not just this year as to why they're firing him. And like I said, if they weren't, if they didn't do it now, then when were they going to do it? Um, now, like, like you said, you know, the timing of it, as far as when they fired him, because I, I I don't know if you agree with it. I, I feel like they should have fired him this off season period. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was time for a change. I think Giannis was kind of over it. You can kind of hear in some of the comments that he was saying, um, you know, post game, uh, saying that he felt like he should have been guarding Jimmy Butler. There was a lot of things that he was saying that was kind of directly at, Coach Bud, um, but yeah, what do you what do you think? Yeah, like I definitely thought that something had to change, and had right. a feeling that it was going to be the coach first. But I thought it was going to happen maybe like the middle of next season. I thought they give mm -hmm. him benefit benefit of the doubt of what happened a little bit. But you're right, like this has happened in other series. He's been out coached, and when you want to be a championship team. Like you have to have a coach that's willing to make adjustments and make the make the, your best players or put your best players in the best position possible, right? And it, yeah, and like also and like I don't know for past couple of years it's been like the same thing with Giannis. Like there's really no flow. It's just shooters stand around and let Giannis go and then have him make the open read. And it's like with him, he can dribble a little bit. Like his handle got a lot better. Maybe. You could do different pick and rolls. I don't know, maybe different offenses instead of just having a, a five-out offense and just seeing what happens. See, the thing is with me with, with that, like, if you were to have him at, at, at the pick and roll position as, as essentially the guard in that mm -hmm. position, um, you know, they found success as him being the screener. Um, you know, when they won the championship, he mm -hmm. they found success when he was off the ball rather than on the ball. Because when they were trying to have him on the ball, they realized that teams were just loading up, and that's when they started having that saying of forming a wall on Giannis. Yeah. Um, when he's off the ball and someone's driving and cutting and the defense is off balance, now you allow Giannis to cut in, and it it, it doesn't allow the defense to form that 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 literal wall that they try to make. Um. So I understand why they were like having him off the ball, but like you said, you know, maybe they they implement some of that pick and roll with him at, as the ball handler. You know, he mm -hmm. he didn't even give it a chance. Yeah, you know, like he didn't make the adjustments. And I don't want to harp too much on Coach Bud. Like we we talked about it last pod. 
We knew that it was going to happen. Um, we just didn't know when. I had a feeling that it was going to be sooner than later, um, but maybe not this soon. Yeah. Um, when the playoffs haven't even finished yet, I think it's a strange thing, like you said, to do this now. But this also goes to the to the issue that people are starting to have with the, the NBA coaching turnover. Like, for head coaches, you know, championship coaches, since 2018, four uh, four coaches, only four coaches in the league period haven't changed teams since 2018 or haven't been fired. That's Mike wow. Malone with the Nuggets, Spolstra mm-hmm. with the Heat, Steve Kerr, and Coach Pop. Those are the wow. only four coaches since 2018 that have st- stuck with their team, head coaches. And the one year, Dwayne Casey literally won coach of the year and then got oh, that was. <laughs> this is why, and, and I and I don't mean it literally, because obviously there are worse jobs out there, but I'm going to say it time and time again that there are, the NBA head coaching job is one of the worst positions to have. You're, you, you're always yeah. going to be the first man out. You're always going to be the person that they point at to blame. Like, do you think it's too much of a player's league at this point? Oh, we already know that. <laughs> yeah, we already know that, but that's, like, not even, like, you don't have to I, I mean, it does have one. something to do. It does have something to do. Don't have to think about it at all. But it doesn't, like, it doesn't have as much to do with this situation, I feel. Um, it, I mean, it, it's part of it. But, you know, when we talk about this being a player's league, we look at, like, because of the guaranteed contracts, we look at the fact that players are sitting out games and still getting mm-hmm. paid. Um, we look at the fact that, these players are requesting for trades now when that used to not be a thing. Um, and I, you know, and I think yeah. some teams realize that if you don't have one of like six or seven players, then you're not going to win a championship. So when you do have one of those maybe six to eight players, then you literally have to treat them like gold. Like yeah. there's no chance in hell that they can leave or else you're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, these players are assets, you know, they're not, they don't see them as just players anymore. Like, they're literally like investments because of how much money that these owners and GMs are putting into them. They're seeing these players as investments and they have to treat it like that brand new, you got to treat any, I said it, you got to treat these players like a brand new, like Porsche, like literally, mm-hmm. they cost the 100%. same amount of one, you know, like, and like most and, of the good teams are over the tax. Yeah, most of the good teams are over the tax, so they're paying even more money to keep a team good and keep those players and pay those players. Yep, yep. So, I mean, the the the, the coaching changes at least back to that. Like, it, it that needs to be resolved. There needs to I, there's a coaches association. Like, they need to kind of step in and, and and advocate for themselves because you know, for me, when I was working at um, an agency uh, or interning at one, at least. Um, I was in the coaches division. So mm-hmm. seeing all these coaching changes, like I got very used to seeing all these coaches getting fired and hired. And I was helping in the interview process for these coaches to go to new teams. And I just find it amazing how a lot of these coaches, oh, sorry. What the heck? Yeah. I find it amazing how a lot of these coaches, like, you know, they, they're just like kind of the players where they kind of have to pack up and just go. You know, like if if, if, they're, if the GM decides or the uh, ownership or whoever decides that they need to go to a different position, like they're they're gone. Yeah, even at the college level, like if, even assistants or head coaches, if you get 
like you don't really have that long to make a huge impact. Like nope. maybe you get two, three years if you're lucky. And then after that, maybe you have to ship and go all the way across country. Like you never know. Right. It's really hard on coaches and their families because during the season, they're never home. And then at any moment they can get fired and have to move their whole family to a different part of the country. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough game. A tough game yeah. to be part of, and you know, you really have to love tough it. life, yeah. Literally, in any type of level of sports that you try to enter into, whether that's like being a intern, trying to you just make your way into the league, uh, NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is, you gotta really love this thing to be in it, man, mm-hmm. because it's a high risk, high reward game. Did so, you, I was working when I was working. Some guy came in, I think it was like last week, and I was wearing a Hofstra sweatshirt, and he was like, asked me like, oh, did you go there or whatever? And then he was like, oh, I used to coach college basketball. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, what do you do now if, you don't, if you're not coaching? And he has like a totally different career. He's like, I hate this new career. I wish I could go back to basketball. But he had mm-hmm. to do something else to like support his family and do all the stuff for his family and be home for them. So I was like, damn. Like, you really have to, like, make crazy decisions and, like, really have to love to play basketball to be a coach Mm -hmm. at whichever level you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching uh, Last Chance U, like, this new season, and you have Mm -hmm. that coach that's over in in California, and he literally, like, he could go and coach at a better school, especially after the show. Oh, yeah. But he loves the program that he, like, started pretty much. Mm-hmm. at that community college in Cali and he loves the foundation that he set and the players that come in and he loves the opportunity that he gives players. So because he's just so passionate about it, he's not leaving. He's like, nah, yeah. I'm good. I've had offers, but I'm staying. And he has to teach on top of that. It's not yeah. just like he's the basketball coach. He has to do other stuff. And I think he he's like a gym teacher, like a fitness guy. So yeah, he's always running around. Yeah, a lot of coaches, I mean, even in the high school game, right? Like, yeah. all my coaches, you know, they were, like, history teachers or, yeah. you know, they, they, they had a part-time job on top of being a head coach for a team. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to really love what you're doing and dedicate time to it. And, you know, again, it, it's it's still wild to see that stat that only four coaches out of 30. Yeah, that's insane. Four coaches out of 30 haven't been fired or changed teams since 2018 that's 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 bad that's really yeah. bad um and it's coaches that you expect to like Mike mm-hmm. Malone you know he he's gotten lucky because you know um you have Jokic there but he's also on the hot seat now too yeah, because if the, if the if the Nuggets underperform this year, then they're gonna start looking at him now. Mm-hmm. So he actually has this year to really make it happen, or next year he's also on the chopping block. So, hundred percent. Like these coaches in small markets get a little bit longer chance, but still, at a certain point, if you have a two-time MVP, you act you have to do something. You can't just keep losing yeah. to the same teams. For sure, the West is stacked, or not really stacked, but they have solid. Teams. Oh, it's it's stacked. Especially in the past, stacked. it was stacked if players played, like or if yeah. they were injured. You know, like yeah. you had a bunch of injuries now, 
um, with Chris Paul, Kawhi, Paul George. Like, you, you lost a lot of players, and the, the West was built to be a lot better than what it's been. But the playoffs have still been great, you know. But, oh, yeah. You know, At it's, that it's point, just – the Nuggets have to take advantage of all these injuries. It can't right. be all these injuries and then, then they still don't perform the way they're supposed to be or the way they did during the regular season. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of injuries, I'll just go back to Miami finally because, you know, we've caught the injury bug with Tyler Hero, um, Victor Oladipo, uh, almost Jimmy. Thank God we yeah. did not lose him. But um he looks pretty yeah, good. Man. He looks great. He looks like he hasn't lost a step. Um J- uh, Bam is finally remembering who the hell he is. <laughs> playing like he did during the regular season, like an all-star. Um yeah. I was just very happy to see Miami do exactly what I expected them to do, and that was go out and protect home court. We're a much better team than the Knicks, and it's clear. Um, Bro, I it, can't wait. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is going to end the series at the Garden. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be insane. See, I hope he drops, like, 45. See, after what he did game two on the bench, oh, he has to drop at least 40. I would love that. However, I think we're going to lose the next game. And I think really? we're going to lose bad. I think we're really? going to lose bad. You think? <laughs> No, I I think that because three one is a dangerous spot to be in, because mm-hmm. get a little careless. Yes, you're exactly. Yes, you're one game away, but this team, time and time again, when they have leads, they give them up, and that's okay. a lot of teams in the league. But Miami also, we fall into that trap as well, and I feel like now that we have a three one lead, like we have a lead in a series, not just a game, mm-hmm. we have a lead in a series. I think we're going to play very relaxed going to New York. And that worries me. And I think we have a chance of getting our asses beat if we don't show up. And we've been showing up, you know, and mm-hmm. I have no reason to believe that we won't. But 3-1 is just a dangerous spot to be in when you're the team that's up, man, at I, times. I think the Heat has been – they've been, like, the most consistent team so far in the playoffs. I think – Surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> Very surprised the season they had, but um, yeah, I think the only reason why they'll actually be super focused is because it's the Garden. If they were playing Cleveland, they'd probably like mess around and probably lose that game. But I think they'd be more focused. But the only thing they have to worry about is RJ Barrett because he's been playing pretty well at the Garden and feels more comfortable at the Garden. So he might be an X factor instead of dropping because I didn't watch the game today, but. I don't know. Do you know how many points he had? I have the stats right here. So, R.J. Barrett had 24 today. Really? Good for him. Shit. Yeah. Julius Randle had 20. Brenton, 32 and 11. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. They've been playing, like, kind of, like, iffy. So, damn, good for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though, too, as well. Like, I think... That's a good point. That the garden is the garden, and these these players will arise, like they'll rise to the occasion of being in the garden. Especially if the fans get into it, then I think uh, yeah. the Heat will try and play hard too. I just, you know, I'm just a nervous. 
fan. So I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm like always assuming the worst of my team. With both teams, you never know, dude. But the Heat have been pretty consistent. Who would have thought? <laughs> like, yeah, no, they really, literally. Maybe they had one game where they were like, oh, they're terrible or like it's making stupid mistakes. But other than that, they've been pretty focused. So I'll say this because people are forgetting about it. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this time and time again. People are forgetting about us last year. Mm-hmm. We literally were an Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals team. This is not surprising that we're doing this. How many this. games did it go? Six, seven? In six. the Conference Finals? Yeah. Seven. seven. Freaking right. seven, bro. <laughs> so, but this is what I'm saying. We took the Celtics to seven games last year. And we lost only because Jimmy missed a game-winning three. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason why we lost. <laughs> so, people – that's why I'm saying. You're like, oh, yeah. People forgot about that. <laughs> I know so Jimmy. I know Jimmy and that Heat team didn't forget about none of that. Nah. And if we end up playing the Celtics, I, I personally want the Celtics. Because mm-hmm. if we get the Celtics, oh, you're gonna see an even crazier Heat team. I think you're gonna see us play like 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 savages, bro. Because we're they not losing to them back to back. Yeah, we're not losing to them back to back. And even and Celtics, and even in the bubble, we played them in the bubble in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a real thing. Like people forget, bro. It's like a mini rivalry, kind of. Oh yeah. I mean, I've always thought that the Celtics Heat were a rivalry. I mean. Personally, the Celtics have been kicking our ass for years until LeBron came. And then we started smacking on them. And Mm -hmm. then recently, in recent years, we got them one. They got us one in the conference finals. This is kind of the tiebreaker if we meet up. If we meet up. Because they're struggling with the Sixers right now. (laughs) Yeah, which is kind of crazy. They make so many. Oh, the Celtics annoy me. That series should be over, but they make such stupid mistakes. Yeah, like end the games. I forget how to play basketball. And they did the same exact thing against the Hawks. So if they do advance and play the Heat, the Heat don't make those mistakes. Like their coach knows exactly what to do, and the players are have that experience, and they know exactly what to do to end games. While the Celtics look like they haven't been in a playoff game in years, even though Tatum and Brown have so much playoff experience. Oh, it's so frustrating. Watching that game yesterday was insane. Yeah, I mean, Spolster is easily the best coach left in these playoffs, and it may not even be close with him having all these undrafted guys on the team. I think we have like seven, and we were able to develop them into what we're doing right now. and. You know, he makes the adjustments, but I'm with you. I think the Celtics are just super frustrating because, one, they're just not consistent on either end of the floor right now. Like, you don't know when Tatum's going to erupt. You don't know when he's going to just shy away and not seem like the MVP caliber player that he is. Um, Jalen Brown has been their best player by far in these playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Like huge mistake. Most consistent everything. But that giving up that three to Harden was really bad. That's true. That's true. Like he's Harden was the only person making shots 
and in basketball, if, like in high school, they teach you if you're playing man, that if a dude's in the corner and a guy drives on your side, you're not going to go and help because you're going to give up an open three. Right. I mean, the sense of double in that situation where Derek White was pretty close. All he had to do was take two steps and could have gotten him from behind and maybe tipped it from behind and leave Maxi open, rather leave Maxi open. Or whoever was in the corner guarding PJ Tucker, leave him open. He takes like two shots a game. See, all right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Both of those, I, I, I had two crazy. I mean, Tyrese Maxi is, I wouldn't leave him open either, personally. Like, he can knock him down. Like, well, if he, he had to pick can... between Harden or him. True, true. If he had to choose. But then also, like, that's tough. But also, that's tough. At the same because time, then you got PJ Tucker, though, bro. And that's a corner specialist right there. Like, that's his shot. That's literally no. the only shot he's known for. Like, when you said those two things, I, those were the two thoughts that went in my head. I was just like, Maxi can knock yeah, him down. It's like two shots. The game. True. Very true. But also, it was a two-point game. You don't have to double him. Just let him shoot. There was like 10 seconds left. And he wasn't really moving that well in the fourth quarter. So he's probably tired. His knee's probably shot a little bit. Maybe he misses a little bunny. Never know. If they tie yeah, you, you ten know. seconds of bring up the floor. Yeah, while you're home too. I take that. Ten seconds left, tie game, your ball at home. That's not a bad situation to be in. True. What do you what are your thoughts of the Sixers playing in bead in game two? We we haven't really I mean, I know we're already at game five uh for mm-hmm. next game but like game two um they the, the Sixers decided to play Embiid they get smoked by Boston when they did that um and this was after Harden just went off in game one uh I personally felt like that was a dumb move by the Sixers but um what were your thoughts too. yeah they played different too they weren't really that aggressive and Embiid looks too sluggish Looks slow. But yesterday he looked pretty good. So maybe he should have. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but maybe he should have <laughs> taken, like, another game off. And then at that point, you're like, yeah, because they won the first game. Yeah. So, yeah, they should have they should have sat him for both because they got the job done. They won an away game. Like, I know you're tempted to try and go up 2-0 and then come back home. But at the same time, if he looks that sluggish, he probably looked that sluggish in practice. So going back home with a one-one tie, like it really isn't the worst thing in the world. No, and they kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. Like Doc Rivers, I think he's a good coach, but in some situations, like he kind of makes no sense. Because you saw success in James Harden attacking the rim and being aggressive, and for him to be the guy, and he totally changed it for the past two games. And then finally yesterday, when they win. They have James Harden being super aggressive and being that guy. And I think that's the key to them winning the series. It's all going to be up on, be up to James Harden and how he plays. Yeah, but it's like the two wins that they have, the two wins they have is with him having 40. Like, that's not, not, that's just not sustainable. He can't be the Harden he was in the regular season, scoring 20 points and having like 12 to 15 assists. He's going to have to be more aggressive and try and get, like, at least 30, maybe even more. Just try to take a lot more shots as he can. Yeah. 
And I, I guess I don't want to say that he can't be that guy because he can. And he's mm-hmm. clearly showing us that he can still be that guy. I don't know how consistent he can. I don't know if this is sustainable. I don't think it is for him to just continuously drop 40 for them to win out in this mm-hmm. series. He only has to do it two more times. But then, like, what happens if you guys get to the conference finals? Like, you think you're going to have – he's going to continue to do that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? The Jimmy this? Butler – with the Jimmy Butler potentially guarding him? Like, I don't think he's yeah. doing – you know, that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's true. But I don't got to win the series first. Maybe after watching film, maybe someone else against the Heat could have a better matchup. Maybe it's Maxi, or I don't know, whoever the two guard is for the Heat. Maybe he's not the best defender in the world, and they see something on tape. And Maxi, yeah, I mean, they're gonna definitely try to get in the pick and roll, like switches and things like that. Like they're gonna definitely try to do that. But you know, again, it's first off, I guess we'll just have to get out of these series first and see what happens, but. Um, the other point, you know, though, there's some guys in the playoffs where they'll have a crazy game and the next game they do nothing. Like Clay Thompson. Like he had two crazy games and tonight he has, where is it? Three points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it just happens like that. I mean, the playoffs are tough. You know, you got players playing. This is These are the best players playing at their most, like at the elite, the best of the best the elite. Yeah, yeah, like th- th- you can't get any better basketball than this. I mean, you know what? I I feel bad because I wasn't watching this Nuggets Sun series as closely as I should have been because the games just come on so damn late, and I you know, and it's not LeBron James yeah, yeah, um, yeah. playing, but yeah. you know, the, this Nuggets Sun series it's starting to pick up. I mean, they're tied two two now, and. I mean, this dude Devin Booker, bro. Right. Kevin De- Kevin Durant's hooping, but Devin Booker is just playing out of his freaking mind, and it's starting to get recognized by everyone now, um, myself included. Like, I had no idea he was balling out like this, but it's mm-hmm. it's getting out of control. The dude's shooting like sixty percent from the field, and he's like averaging like thirty five. It it might be one of the best shooters performances in the series like ever yeah I think what at one point it was like 25 or something like that yeah the game warm-up shots no he's been he's been doing it he just gets all season long I mean he's been doing it all postseason long and like the crazy thing with him too is that he's also playing defense which we're not used to seeing like now Mm -hmm. he's like stepping up on both sides of the court and it's just really cool to see him like turn on this switch and now he's just like in straight kill mode and him and KD I mean game three nobody talked about it but those two players him and KD were the only ones to score double digits for their team and they won the game yep mm-hmm. like that that's insane <laughs> in a playoff series like, no point was even, it was, it's not even like a couple guys guys had like nine or eight points yeah yeah that was wild. that bad that like, was bad I think the next highest person was like seven points man and Chris Paul is healthy just 
come to the bench or do you actually give them a chance? Because they look a lot faster without him, and maybe that's the key to the series. Definitely. They look a ton of a lot better. And shout out to Landry Shamit, man, Wichita State alum. Well, not really an alum. He didn't graduate, but, you know, he still went there. Player. Yeah. <laughs> Wichita State, baby. Man, uh, Landry was balling out of control last game. but I'm kind of surprised um, that he hasn't been really playing that much beforehand. Because when he was on the Nets, he was pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah, no, he was he, he's he's been a solid player. That's why he continues to get a job. Like, I mean, he played with since he's been in the league, he's played with the best of the best like players, literally. Like yeah. he played with like Katie, he played with he has a nice Kawhi. Yeah, I mean he again, you know, when you're a shooter and like I mean he, he he's he's a good player. Like that's why he's keeping a job. All right. So um yeah. I, so we were talking about the Suns, but um, man, well, should we talk about Jokic since we're already here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, worse. Um, yes. So it came out today. Day. Came out today that he was not suspended for shoving the Suns owner. Um, he was recently, for those that didn't see. Um, Recently in an altercation going after a loose ball. Um, actually, the ball went out of bounds, and it was Nuggets ball. Uh, Jokic goes over while the Suns owner is holding on to the ball. Uh, the ball just kind of landed in his lap. He's holding on to the ball. Uh, players, Josh Kogi, I believe, like fell into the stand, mm-hmm. so he's like helping up his player uh, while he's holding the ball. Jokic trying to take advantage of the situation to have a four-on-five was trying to inbound the ball quickly. So he goes over to the owner and tries to snatch the ball up from the owner. The owner is holding on to the ball, and he, like, tugs at it. He's like, nah, like, I ain't giving you the ball. Which, right or wrong, I don't know. Then, um, Jokic goes on uh, to push the owner. Now, if you look at the video, too, the owner did actually – touch Jokic as well, but all he did was touch him. He didn't, like, push him or hit him or anything. Jokic, once he felt touched, shoves the owner. Uh, But the owner also sold in and put his hands up and, you know, acted like the victim. Great stuff by the owner, honestly. Um, So, uh, everyone was kind of wondering today if Jokic would get suspended because, obviously, we've seen people like Draymond, um, well, only Draymond gets suspended uh, for doing something like this where he, I mean, the, the league kind of deemed it as intentionally stomping on Sabonis. Um, and they deemed that as intentional. So I'm interested in your thoughts on whether you thought Jokic should, should have been suspended or not. Yeah, fine is good enough for me. Because if he gets suspended, then – now all these pl- all these dudes that are courtside, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to help my team out. I'm going to do the same thing. And eventually maybe it escalates to something worse than what it was because you definitely don't want, like, a normal dude doing something like that or doing something crazy. Because at first – Wait, wait just- let, me, let, me, let me ask you. You said you yeah. don't want your – you don't want people doing the same thing? What, what do you mean by that? Like – because the owner pretty much baited Jokic into doing something. 
doing like trying to get the ball or trying to get some like something out of it at okay. least because after the game someone asked Devin Booker about what happened he was like oh the owner got us a point but if that's a, like a normal fan and not the owner then I feel like people would look at it totally different and then okay. people are like if you're paying thousands of dollars for a courtside seat or like a second row seat then obviously you're a huge fan and sometimes these fans go way too crazy and then they're going to be like yeah I want to help my team win a series or oh I'll be on tv if I make something happen like people are pretty crazy so I'm with you that's a good point actually because um you know that 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 the play that just happened with the ball going out of bounds and landing in a, a fan's lap, you know, just naturally, like that happens in yeah. every game. That happens maybe like three times, maybe more a game. Um, so I definitely agree with you there. I think that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way, as to you know deterring fans from thinking that they can. Um, like change the game. Have have some sort of um, you know position in the game somehow where they can actually like help uh their mm-hmm. team in that regard so yeah I definitely feel you there um and I agree and I think um that kind of changes the point that I or really my thoughts on it entirely um because to me I thought he should have been suspended um but not because of the reason um that you may think I mean me I'm looking at uh Again, it goes back to the rule that, like, when we did that rule breakdown in one of our episodes and we were looking at, you know, what it means to have a flagrant foul, right? Um, and in this instance, it wasn't like there, – there's no flagrant to be called because it wasn't in the course of the game. It wasn't, in, like, game like, within the action of the game. Um, but this would have been a suspension just purely because it was just an unnecessary act. Um, but to me – when I'm looking at Joel Embiid kicking up at somebody, you know, Nick Claxton standing over him and he's trying to hit him in the groin, they call that unintentional. And pretty much he didn't get suspended or thrown out of the game, ejected really, because he missed. Um, Then you have James Harden who gets ejected from the game because they deemed him having that chicken wing action hitting uh, the defender in the groin region they determined that to be intentional and they ejected him from the game. Then you have Draymond who stomps on Sabonis and to most people thought that was pretty unintentional because Sabonis was grabbing his leg. Um, He ends up getting taken out of the game, ejected. But Draymond also added some other things. So I'll put those factors into, you know, he was taunting the crowd and getting people involved. But then ends up getting suspended because, you know, Draymond. Um, So then I look at all of those things and I'm just like, okay, a lot of this was like they're looking at whether it's intentional or not. But the difference was those were in-game and this was dead ball. So with this being dead ball, I mean, owner aside, I don't care who it was. You can't shove a fan just for them holding the ball. And I know, like, well, again, you changed my I'm, – I'm speaking about what my mindset was before you said okay. what you said. I agree with you. I mm-hmm. agree with you. But my mindset before this was you can't just hold – you can't just push somebody because they're holding on to the ball. Because either way, Jokic, 
the ref wasn't going to give you the ball. Okogi was in the crowd on the ground. Like <laughs> they and you were over there as well. Like the ref was trying to help him up. Uh yeah. people were all around him. Like the ball was dead. You weren't getting the ball. It's not so like he's gonna run behind the line and just start it by himself. Exactly. So <laughs> it's just like what is he doing? You know, like it didn't make much sense to me why he ran over there all frantically thinking that he's gonna get the ball inbounded because the ref wasn't gonna inbound on the ball. Yeah. Um, he was de- clear. The ref was clearly dealing with the situation of Okogi being in the stand. So I look all at that. I looked at all of that, and I was like, "This dude should be suspended because he intentionally shoved the fan." Like, and the fan really didn't provoke him. Jokic provoked the whole thing. Jokic was the one that ran up, tried to grab the ball, tried to snatch the ball from the fan. Like, it was just a whole weird interaction. And, and, and to me, that's why I felt that way. But again, trying to deter the fans from thinking that they have any sort of involvement to change the outcome of the game, literally change it, like, the NBA should be deterring them from that at all costs. So I think you, you're you correct. You're, you're, I agree with everything you said with, like, he shouldn't have been suspended. A fine was – a fine should have been assessed. But then what if this was Draymond, though? I guess that's the only question. Yeah, that's a, yeah who knows what would happen. Long is it a fine, then? Is it only a fine? Probably not. I doubt it. If it's Draymond, probably. Russell Westbrook, crazy. even. Yeah. Yeah, who knows, dude? But if you're a fan, you're sitting that close, just give the ball up. Like, who the hell are you? Give Give them the ball and let them play. You're there to watch the game, not for you to hold, sit there and hold the ball. Like, I don't know, I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Once the owner did that, two other guys near him touched Jokic, too. Yep. The fans. So the like, owner is fans. Yeah, so even if it's his boys or whoever, like, if you're the owner, you kind of get the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Like, more in the regular season than, like, a really important playoff game. But you're making fans, like, nobody's touched this guy now for no reason. And they didn't have the ball in their hands. They're just standing there. So that's why I was kind of like, I don't really blame them. And I think just so for this to go away, the NBA was just like, here, take this fine. And hopefully no one will talk about this again. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting too. Like I look at Woj and what he says about the situation and like he calls it a slight push, you know, it's just those small words. It's just like, you know, it's clearly a double standard because Draymond's not getting the benefit of the doubt of it being a slight push. Hell Neither no. is Russ because of the way they play and how aggressive they are and just who they are as people. And it's just kind of unfortunate, but, you know, I understand why they gave him a fine. And honestly, you persuaded me too as to why it should have been just a fine and no suspension. So I'm with you there. Um Another person that's having some issues uh, with maybe ownerships and things like that, uh, Dylan Brooks, told not that, that he's not going to be brought back. And according to Shams or Shams or however you say it, under he wasn't going to be brought back by, under any circumstances. Now, I don't even bring this up because of what Dylan like Dylan Brooks, like the fact that he's not going to get brought back cool, whatever. I don't really care about Dylan Brooks. Fine. Yeah. Um, 
it also came out that he rejected an extension earlier in the season. So, buddy, you did this to yourself. You played yourself. You thought you were going to get more than what you were going to get. Again, this game is high risk, high reward. You tried to risk it on yourself. You tried to bet on yourself. And now you're about to end up with far less money than you were probably going to get with that extension. Um, now, Shams is the one that's getting under fire. Because apparently it's come out that the Grizzlies didn't even say that under any circumstances part. Shams just brought it up and said all that for clickbait. Um, now that's had some media personalities like JJ Reddick. Um, uh, I see Matt Barnes. Like that's had some media personalities kind of up and up in arms because this is exactly what players hate about the media. And it's just because they try to create a narrative, they try to spin a narrative. And it, it was kind of like a newspaper-esque type of tweet where, you know, you have a headline and you're just trying to get people to read the headline. Mm-hmm. And especially after the way the series ended and the way it started with him saying all that crazy stuff that they knew people would want to see it right away. Right. Which, yeah. know, it's not really fair to him, even though, He's not my favorite player in the world, but like just like anyone else, it's not really too fair to say something that's really not true. Especially when you're that's like your whole job. Just tell us good information. That's what like you know, like anything now, any type of information, people just want to know the facts. And yeah. these people can never give us the facts. And it's so frustrating because yeah. then you don't know what to believe. And then it makes other people look bad. Like JJ Reddick has been Amazing. Matt Lawrence has been amazing since they retired being in the media. And you don't want what they say about their playing careers and like their opinions to look bad just because of some guy just wants people to look at his Twitter page. Mm. Yep. But I also think I was really, really surprised that um John Morant posted something, I think, yesterday. Oh, or two days ago. I was surprised about that. They were like Dude. making fun of him, kind of. I, I thought when they were, will like, this guy learn? Will he learn, dog? I, I, I think I Jared Jackson did something too. Oh God, what did he do? I think he commented on what Job posted, or maybe posted something else. But I knew he did. He was a part of it somehow, bro. I was just talking about this. I was just talking about this over dinner. So you're you're talking about the video of Jaw in the club and like. He put something about Dylan Brooks. Um, I'll try to find. I seen I seen posts. I seen posts of Dylan Brooks. Like I seen Jaw just posting pictures of him and Dylan, like like trying to like have his back. I think underneath what he wrote. It was like in China. Okay, okay. I thought that was fake. I didn't really, think was that it? was real. I, oh, I thought okay. it was fake. I, I know. I, I don't know. I didn't do any fact checking on that. But if that's real, that is so funny. That's messed up. <laughs> Very messed up, but hilarious. Because it's like, fam, like, don't do that. And if that comes out, like, oh my God, that's just so bad. <laughs> that's so bad. I thought you were talking about John in the club. Because there was a video that came out of him in the club. And I'm just like, okay, one, like, he's young. He can go clubbing, whatever. That's cool. But maybe you should lay low just a little bit. 
take an off season. Just go on vacation. You can literally go anywhere, bro. Leave the country (laughs) and just go out there. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing it here? Yeah, I I think the club's the last place he should be at. I think about this facility, the so-called facility that they said he checked into. What a load of BS. What happened to that? Yeah, like, what What was that? That was not – I don't get it. That, it wasn't no rehab or nothing. I don't know what he was there for. Checked himself in for what, four, not even 48 hours? <laughs> yeah. Not even a day, yeah. not even 24 hours? Not... And then once the season's what? over, he's at the club. Oh, my God. At least yeah, with bro. James Harden, he goes to the club and drops 45. Yeah. James Harden's literally today's version of, uh, uh, oh, boy, Robin. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Good for him. And a better version, too. Oh, much better. Yeah. <laughs> Offensively, at least. If, offensively. Yeah. Least. Um, oh, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, if he played or was, like, the same defensively as Rodman, and offense the way he is, bro, he'd be insane. Oh, he'd be the greatest player of all time. Ever. <laughs> he'd be the greatest player ever. Um, so I see here we have um well we could finish it off with some uh some college hoops. Um let's hear we have Haley Van Lith. You know, we, we talked about it last time. She has moved over to LSU from Louisville. Um, and they also just signed another girl who was playing at DePaul and averaged, like, 20 and 10. Like, oh, my God. They dude, got the dream team over there? I mean, I thought it was already bad with <laughs> Haley Van Lith. Now you got this double-double yeah. machine coming over to your team as well for LSU. It's just getting it's just getting crazy. These, these super teams now are moving into women's college basketball, so. Well, literally just for Louisville. UConn's had a super team UConn every year. A little bit. Yeah. UConn's done that past. forever. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing that since like 04. Even before then, probably. Right. So it looks like, uh, you know, LSU obviously being a Nike school. Um, Haley got an NIL deal with Adidas. And they're allowing her to keep that? I'm confused. What's going on with that? Yes. That was, like, one of the things when NIL came about that people were like, oh, there's no way this would happen. Like, it's never going to work because of this. All these companies are going to get pissed. But this is the first time uh, I've seen, maybe it's not the first time in general, that Adidas or any big shoe company is letting someone wear a non, call it like a non-school, a non-deal with that school. Because LSU, okay. like, yeah, yeah. yeah they just don't have the sponsorship with the school. Yeah, yeah. but I wonder, does she have to like zero chance that they're letting her wearing it? No, there's, there's zero like, chance there's they no let her way, wear right? it on the court. Zero chance. There's no way they're gonna let her wear that on the court. No uh, way. Pull a Kyrie and just put tape over the logos on all her shoes. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Now, I'm interested to see if she's able to wear it casually because the, 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 the players, no matter what school you're with, you can't, they, they can't dictate what you wear off the court. They True. can't dictate you wearing Jordans to the game or they, they can't dictate that. Mm-hmm. So, or at least I haven't, I haven't seen it. 
and I haven't seen it written in no contract. I haven't heard about it. So that may be where Adidas is trying to be with like market her is that you know casual wear. Yeah, that'll be interesting to take a look at. Um, and I want to definitely do more digging on that because that's a big deal. Like if they're able to wear like you know casual attire and keep their NIL deals, like I mean they're gonna be making a killing. Oh hell yeah! And I think that's what will help both sides. It's a kind of like a win-win for everyone because they probably, especially for the girls, they're probably doing a lot more stuff off the court in the off season than during the regular season. Yeah, I mean they're making they're making more money in uh, yeah. NIL deals by by a lot to the men. Yeah. So um, you know it it makes a lot of sense. But you know, I, I'm I'm definitely interested to see if she's able to wear it on court or not. I think there's a zero yeah. percent chance of that happening. Um, but you know, you brought up a good point with Kyrie Irving. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. He's not sponsoring them. But again, a little different because Kyrie, you know, he was sponsored by them and then dropped it. Yeah. Um. Or they dropped him. They, they they dropped him. Yeah. So, you know, and what's also nice is that the NBA, every team is sponsored by Nike or Jordan. Yeah. So he's kind of in a position where he can do that. Like, I don't think it matters, like, that Nike sponsors the NBA, you know, as far as their uniforms and whatnot, because, you know, players are obviously free to have any sneaker endorsement deals that they want. Um, But, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I'm interested. I hope she can wear them on court, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, probably not. I wonder if there's a thing or a contract between the between Nike and Adidas or whoever in the schools that if a player doesn't wear what they're supposed to wear, if something happens, if they have to pay a certain amount of money or uh, or whatever else they could possibly do, maybe maybe give them less stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder, like, if the contract is breached in these NIL deals, like, how much would the player owe? Like, how much are players at a disadvantage in that regard where, like, say they breach a contract for just they accidentally wore their Jordans, but they're sponsored by, like, she's sponsored by Adidas and she accidentally wore her Jordans uh, out. And they you know, get sued or something. If she bad. gets sued for breach of contract, like I wonder how much, how big of penalties there are written within a contract on these college athletes. That that's something I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested to hear. Um, yeah, if I'm a college athlete, bro, some college athletes can't remember to bring like their laptop to class, let alone make <laughs> sure make sure they have everything. They need to wear. Literally. It's <laughs> too funny. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, this is a, a late pod. I'm tired. I know you're tired. But we got through a few good topics, and, you know, we'll come back even stronger next week. But happy to be back in the double digits in season two. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep it rolling, man. Yes, sir. You too, brother.